Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. Today we have a homily for Sunday, March 26th, 2023, which is the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. Let's begin with a reading from John's Gospel. John writes, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up and quickly go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, 
He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi everyone, and thanks for joining us again this week. When I was about 10 years old, I saw my first movie in a theater, and I was hooked. I love everything about going to the movies, from the time I walk through the front doors and get that first whiff of buttery popcorn. As I walk to my seat, I always smile just a little bit at the familiar feeling of the sole of my shoe sticking to the remnants of spilled pop on the theater floor. At the end of the movie, I wait for the final credits to finish rolling across the screen, just in case I'm rewarded with a few seconds of extras. It may sound silly, but one of the things that I've really missed during COVID was going to the movies. One of the aspects of the movie industry that has always fascinated me was movie trailers. A good movie trailer will give a little glimpse of what the movie is about. It'll build excitement and whet our appetite for more, all without spoiling the plot. As I read the gospel for today, I thought it would make a great movie scene, and I wondered what the movie trailer would look like. I mean, one of the main characters even gets up and walks out of a tomb. While it might make a great movie scene, it's actually kind of a tough text to preach on. As I read the text over and over, I found it tough to focus in on one particular aspect to preach on. By inviting Jesus to come and heal their brother, Mary and Martha show faith in Jesus' abilities as a healer. There's also Jesus' curious response. He speaks in somewhat cryptic terms and seems to intentionally delay actually going to Bethany. What's up with that? I mean, the sisters wouldn't have sent for him if they didn't think it was important. Then, of course, there's this bit about people who want to kill Jesus. All the while, his disciples seemed particularly dim-witted. The disciples clearly did not understand what Jesus was talking about. I'm reminded of a scene from Monty Python's Holy Grail. The king is gazing out a window and promises his son that someday all this will be yours. The son seems less than impressed and replies to his father, 
You mean the curtains? All of this happens before Jesus even leaves to go and perform the miracle. When Jesus arrives at Bethany, there's this intense dialogue between Lazarus' sisters and Jesus, who were clearly unimpressed. John assures us of Jesus' compassion, both for the family but also for Lazarus as an individual. In other translations of this text, we're told simply that Jesus wept. Then there's the miracle. One commentator actually noted that the miracle is almost an aside story. It happened, but it only takes up a small portion of John's narrative of the incident, which only serves to draw our attention to the relationship between Jesus and the other people in this story, as well as the relationship between Jesus and God. As I considered this text, I began to see it more clearly in the larger context of the rest of the story that John was telling about Jesus. Today's reading is yet another story in a series that serves to challenge our expectations. Three Sundays ago, we read about Nicodemus, the religious leader who came to Jesus by night with his questions. Although he would eventually come to faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the journey was neither quick nor direct. Then we read about the Samaritan woman who crossed cultural, religious, and gender boundaries in her expression of faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Hers was the kind of response that we would have expected from the leader of a religion waiting on a Messiah, and yet it came from someone who is best described as an outcast. Jesus' own disciples were astonished that he had been speaking with this woman. Last week, we read about Jesus restoring sight to a man born blind, while religious scholars fumbled in the darkness, trying to comprehend what had happened. When we consider these stories, today's gospel reading is not much different. Jesus received word that his friend Lazarus was ill, but intentionally delayed his departure. Then he confounds his disciples by telling them that it was time to wake the sleeping Lazarus. When Jesus finally seems ready to act, he risks returning to Judea, where people are ready to kill him. The confusion is distilled even further when Martha approaches Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Her faith was real. She knew Jesus could have fixed the problem. If only. If only he had better timing. But Lazarus was dead. Surely there was nothing to be done now beyond waiting for the afterlife. Despite all these things, Jesus acted. Despite the timing, despite the threat to personal safety, despite the misplaced expectations, Jesus resuscitated Lazarus. And those expectations were then shattered. So what does this story have for you and I today? Well, this story invites us to examine our expectations of who Jesus is, of our church, and of our faith. The disciples expected Jesus to act out of a sense of self-preservation, avoiding the ridicule of the religious establishment. Yet throughout John's Gospel, we see Jesus heading closer and closer to crucifixion in Jerusalem. Martha and Mary expected Jesus to come and do their bidding when summoned, but Jesus had a slightly different agenda. By delaying his response, he showed that he had authority over life and death. 
Even members of the Jewish establishment had come to expect a miracle from Jesus, but surely not raising someone from the dead. So today, I would like us to consider what we expect from Jesus. How do our expectations shape our faith practices like prayer, as well as our faith conversations with friends and family? When we pray, are we like Martha and Mary in this story, expecting God to do our bidding? Or are we willing to be surprised when God acts out in unexpected ways, asking us to do things that we could never have imagined? As our gospel story concludes, we see Jesus standing at the threshold of Lazarus' grave, calling him forth to renewed life. Jesus then called for Lazarus to be unbound and set free to walk the earth. Jesus' voice echoes throughout time, resounding in our own hearts. Do we dare to respond to Jesus' call to new life and set him free in our own lives? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your Son called Lazarus out of the grave. May we each respond to his call to new life, unencumbered by the bonds of our history and our expectations of the future. We pray this through him who lives and reigns with you, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.